Welcome to the True Face Podcast, where we have conversations about what we can learn from what's going on in our lives. My name is Robbie Engel, and I'll be your guide as we learn how to increase trust and experience grace. Most of us get stuck in our relationships with God and others, and we end up wondering, is this really all there is to it? So here at TrueFace, we equip you to experience deeper relationships with God and others, equipping a growing group of men and women with a toolbox of teachings and experiences to help you become more fully known, fully loved, and fully alive. And today, we are going to do that in a conversation I'm going to have with a friend of mine, Wendell Moss, coming from the other side of our country, near Seattle, Everett. I, how far uh, from Seattle is Everett? Everett, Washington. Wendell Moss, welcome to the True Face Podcast. What's up, man? Thank you. What's up, man? Yeah, um, Everett is probably, I want to say, about 20, well, about 21 miles from okay. north of Seattle. You're north of Seattle. Um mm-hmm. That is where uh, Wendell lives with his beautiful wife, Veronica, who he's been married to for 22 years. I'm going to give a little intro to Wendell so the people know Wendell. So Wendell's a therapist, a minister, an educator, a speaker. He serves as part of the instructional staff at the Seattle School of Theology and Psychology in Seattle, Washington, where Emily and I thought about going uh, years ago. We could have been in the same class because you got your master's there in 2007. Uh, mm-hmm. A year or two before Emily and I went um, to grad school. And uh, Wendell's also been a core member of the Allender Center at the Seattle S- School's executive leadership team and teaching staff since its creation in 2010 with Dan Allender. Uh, you are a passionate leader who is committed to engaging the impact of sexual abuse and trauma, um, including all kinds of trauma, racial trauma, all, all kinds of trauma, and you are kind of an extended part of this True Face tribe, and we got to meet a couple years ago through that. And you and I got to hang out in the woods in North Georgia shooting a video. Uh, Wendell is going to share his story on True Face's next small group study called Crazy Making, Why We Keep Doing the Things We Don't Want to Do. It's a four-week small group study launching November 16th. Uh, at trueface.org and at Right Now Media. Uh, it is going to be awesome. We have been working hard as a team uh, for about six months. So you can go pre order the study guide, the paper guide that will lead your group through the four week study. The videos are all on Right Now Media. Um, you can find the book at trueface.org or Amazon. But Wendell's going to be there. So we thought, man, we need to get him on the podcast as well. And I'm excited, Wendell. So, how are you feeling coming into this? You know what? I, 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 you know, I feel good. There's always an element of nervousness with podcasts, and but I think overall I feel good. I got a full week, but this actually feels like a breathing space. Believe it or not. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm feeling good, man. That's awesome. I, uh, I'm excited to talk about what we're going to talk about today. Um, because we were talking a little bit earlier and just what God's teaching you, what's been on your heart. You shared your story, uh, which was incredibly impactful. Your, your story with a lot of trauma and how you've learned to deal with shame and your identity over the course of your life and now as a therapist and working with clients. Um, but you probably need to tune in to Crazy Making and the study to hear that from Wendell. Because today, Wendell, you're going to take us a little bit of a different direction about what's on your heart and it's something that um, I have been struggling with a little bit the past few weeks. Uh, the shalom 
the peace of Christ. And so if I hijack this into a, a free counseling session, I apologize to everybody <laughs> listening, but it won't be the first time. <laughs> Wendell, catch us up, man. Tell us about uh, what what you've been thinking about, what you've been processing in regards to the, the peace of God, shalom. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, I think it started um, just with, I think, you know, one of the things with the, when we, at the Islanders Center, we talk a lot about Shalom. So it's a, but I think um, just recently, just having to prepare for, I'm um, going to do some teaching on it. I think it just kind of made me slow down and just kind of think about Shalom in the context of my own, of my, of my own story. And just what and what it was like for me, you know, my experience of Shalom, and also what was my experiences of that Shalom being shattered or being impacted, and my wanting to return. So I think I, in that, in the midst of that time, there were some different stories that came to mind um, as I was um, as I was preparing. Um, and I end up telling a story uh, that I, I don't think I've ever told. And, but it, it just started me on this place of both enjoying the thought of Shalom, but also just grief of where it's been broken and how I've tried to, in my own way, try to get Shalom back. Mm. Um, um, and very, I mean, very tied to what we're talking about in crazy making. Yeah. Like these ways that I have tried to get Shalom back and have been failures. But um, so yeah, so I think that's kind of what I've been thinking through. What what is what does Shalom mean to you? Yeah, what I think of Shalom, at least the book, because that's just just the sense of uh, of kind of wholeness, peace, um, kind of completeness, um, security. Um, just even a sense of, of sense of, of prospering, um, and when I think about shalom, it's, it's that we were created to do. I think we get a sense of shalom just even in Genesis one. Mm-hmm. I mean, we see we see it's only three people, but I mean, but we I mean we see God, we see Adam, we see Eve, we see fellowship, we see. I mean, I don't have a visual of the garden, but the, but the aroma is that I mean that there's completeness. Um, be, be, between Adam and Eve and their relationship with God, and and so um, so that, that 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 so that's why I get my sense just in Genesis one, and that's, when I when I when I talk about see how God what God wants in the relationship, so that's interesting to think of Shalom um, in regards to connecting to to what the aroma of the garden of completeness in relationship with God. Because I, my Sunday school answer, which it came about in this intro, was the peace of God, you know, um, yeah. which which doesn't mean a lot to me as much as uh, it doesn't mean as much to me as when you just said completeness of the relationship with God, because that feels like peace. That's the longing of my heart yes. of completeness yes. of relationship with God. And when yes. you when you kind of described shalom that way i'm like oh i know that i know when that mm-hmm. is when i'm experiencing more completeness because it's the most significant like desire longing of my heart of relational yeah. unity with our father um mm-hmm. but and when i don't have that it is disorienting 
it is yes. not whole. It is, uh, and, 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 and when you were preparing for that, what's, what are those stories that came to mind from your life? Yeah. One of the, one of the things, um, I, I, uh, I thought about doing was what moments of Shalom, do I have stories of Shalom? Mm. And, and a, and a childhood story came to mind. Um, every, um, every other Saturday, my dad would take my my brother and I to the barbershop. And, you know, in, in the African-American community, the, the barbershop is, that's the second church. Mm-hmm. You know, when you go to a barbershop, I mean, that's conversations, issues are dealt with, there's a sense of community, there's a, just a sense of fun or, or even serious conversation. It's just a place where, you know, you can just be. Um, so, but, so, um, every Saturday morning, maybe every Saturday morning, I would look forward to my dad taking me to the barbershop because, and particularly whenever I would walk in, I always had a particular barber named Eddie and he would always be the one to cut my hair. I wouldn't want nobody else to cut my hair, but Eddie. And, um, but I would go in, I would sit down and I was a really observant kid. So I would just be listening to the conversations and, and watching them, the men relate. And I just, and I would just felt part of it every once in a while. One of the guys, or even Eddie, they would say, hey, how you doing over there, little man? And I remember that moment. And they were just mm-hmm. like, oh, you know, I'm, and I'm good. And it just felt like I was, part, I was part of it. Like I was part of what was happening. And, but then in the midst of that, I would be eager to, like, to get in that chair. So, but eventually, Eddie, come on up, little man. And so I'd go up to the chair. And I remember just Eddie would put a thing around my neck, you know, as far as getting ready for the haircut. And I remember Eddie, he had these hands, man, that would just lull you to sleep. But he would just take his, he would just put his hands on my head and he would kind of just move my head. Just kind of, you can just kind of feel him searching, okay, how am I doing? How am I going to do his haircut? And I remember just feeling his hand and I would just be like, wow. I just felt this sense of comfort just because of his touch. It just felt like so caring. And he would just do that. And then I would, then I would hear the clippers, just kind of this really gentle, and and I would just feel him just gently, just kind of, and you just feel this this care coming that's happening in your head, and you just feel it's feel like a care, and there were times where it would feel so caring, man, where he I would hear him go, hey hey little man, I need you to wake up. Maybe be low to sleep, uh-huh. but it was that since I just felt so comfortable, I felt safe, and it was just no place I would rather be. And 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 in the midst of he he would he would talk to me, you know, hey let me how you been? What's been happening at school? So there was this curiosity about me while I'm in a chair getting my hair cut, mm. and so in some ways that was almost just like this like this fathering happening, mm. right? And so, but that, but think about that memory. Uh, and then again, his touch, I mean, it was just comforting. And, and I would like hope he would never end, man. <laughs> but, but when he got done, it would, he would just brush me off, clean me up and, and, and you know, hey, the man, you look good. Yeah. So just even that, even that kind of uh, blessing yeah. right, at the end. Yeah. And then I would go back to my seat and, so for that memory to come up, like I realized that that Saturday morning would hold so much mm. for me. 
and Shalom. And so when I think about how I describe Shalom, that memory comes to mind that so much happened. Mm. Yeah. That's awesome. I, uh, it, I, I just imagine, uh, little Bam Bam, little Wendell feeling, uh, <laughs> you know, it, man, uh, feeling known and safe and secure. And, and, and that is, that is, those are descriptors of need relational needs that we have. Yeah. And, and back to your, uh, descriptor of Shalom as completeness and relationship with God. Um, those needs being met, man, that's a beautiful picture of, of Shalom and, and not what we would think of, uh, in regards to relationships and wholeness and longing. Um, what, what about, how does that translate to, uh, your experience of Shalom with your father that you've experienced over time? And, and, and when do you feel most connected or the, the Shalom of, of God? Yeah. Me see my, me, my heavenly father or my earthly father, heavenly father. Yeah, I think there are times where what comes to mind is that when I was with InnoVarsity, they we it was important for us to do what they call retreat of silences. Mm. And I would go off, and I was in Southern Illinois, and I would go to this place called it's called Ball Knot Cross. It was like a I'm not very good at height, but it was this huge cross. It was on top of it was at the highest point in Southern Illinois, and I would go up there by myself. And I would go up there and not have, I wouldn't plan that. I took my Bible with me, but I wouldn't plan anything. Mm. They said, don't plan anything. And go up there and just see how God wants to encounter you. We'll just see what happens. And there were just several moments of being up there where to not, to, to actually be at a place of kind of waiting for God. And there were moments where there was this sense of peace mm. and I wasn't praying. And there was just a sense of being held by the father. Mm. Like we just, we just sit and let me love on you. Yeah. We just, we just let me care for you. And, and again, that just being present, you know, I'm not necessarily reading the Bible or praying. I'm just like, God, I'm just coming just to be in your presence. Mm. But then if there if the, if I open up the Bible, there would just be a sense of, okay, God speaking more particularly. And there would be a sense of as I'm reading the scriptures, I felt I feel his attunement to me. Like he's giving me what I need, like for him to guide me to scriptures that are speaking to me. So there's a sense of, okay, you are you are attuning me. Yep. Like like Eddie was in the chair. Yeah. Like Eddie, Eddie knew. And he knew I loved this. He he knew I loved this gentleness. He knew it. Yeah. And so and so that sense of where where God, um, you know you know you know I was I was in God's barber chair, if you will. Yeah. Where He's caring for me during this time. So I think that's what comes to mind, and just feeling and just feeling held and kept by God. It does anything stand out in regards to the the flip side of that coin or the brokenness? Um, and the, I mean, I, I know all of us have examples of this, but what, what has been, what have you been processing or thinking about in regards to this? Yeah. Um, as far as uh, just kind of how it's been shattered, essentially. Yeah. I, I think, you know, I think what comes to mind where, you know, the, the longing that I wanted from my own father mm. that I felt like, um, 
you know, my, my father was kind of stoic and my father was, there wasn't, there wasn't a sense of, of, of attunement, but I remember so much wanting my father to mess. I remember so much wanting him to bless me or say that he was proud of me. But I think that was often a bear because I was always afraid of his anger. Yeah. Um, and, and what would happen. So to want that sense of wholeness and completeness and, and want to move towards my father, but but be scared to because I'm scared I'm gonna get his anger or or I'm going to get his criticism. Mm -hmm. So it, it, it became a longing that I just kind of had to bury Robbie and say, it's just not going to come. Yeah. Um, it's just not going to come. So therefore um, I'll find my other ways to get it, huh. whether it be through friendships. And then again, my introduction to pornography and, and uh, watching relationships happen on the screen, yeah. you know, but there's a sense that this is the closest I'm going to get. I think that somewhere in my in my little body, there was a resign. I'm not going to get it there. This is the closest I'm going to get to it. Mm. Um, that makes sense. Oh yeah. So you're you're you you know the source of your desire for for completeness of wholeness in relationships, yes. uh, and mm. and when that's not happening, that desire does not change. It just well has, said. To, has to be met. So. So you had to find alternative sources to make you feel um, secure, whole, um, complete, um, shalom, and, and addictions do that from numbing yeah. to um, the, the, those lies. It, it's temporary, but it's, they're effective in the short term. The problem, well, the well problem is, problem is well they're said. real short term in their effect. Yeah, well said. And and I even remember, like as a football player, I remember the I remember I started playing football because this this man rolled up on me in a motorcycle mm. and just saw my size and was like, "Hey, you like you can play football?" I was in fourth grade. Mm. You like you can play football? Are you interested in playing? And it was it like, and I remember I started playing football a month later. Wow! And I didn't stop playing until college was over. But what I remember that moment, there was something about him seeing me. And I remember when I had to move uh, away from him, I'd already, I would have been engaged in pornography. But I remember being in so much pain because I had to park from him because I actually trusted him more than my own father. Huh. Because I, so I remember looking for other sources, even in people yep. other than my father. Gosh. For that kind of care. I wanted it so bad. Um. Man, we do that in so many. I, I do that in so many ways, and I'm, I'm, um. It, it's interesting in this conversation of of longings of our heart and completeness, wholeness, describing shalom, which is a relational desire, um, with God Same. and with others. We, it, it's well He's designed us to love God and love others. They're they're connected, and and um, and so. It's interesting. I've had uh, some miscommunications with people I love, and we're just mis—we're not communicating to each other, and the, so yes. it feels divis. It feels we're like we're divided, and we can't get to that unifying component because I'm saying this, they're hearing that, they're saying this, I'm hearing that, and we're miscommunicating, um, and and it feels like uh, these—it it doesn't feel peaceful. 
it doesn't it doesn't feel like shalom it feels divided we don't feel unified it doesn't feel whole and i'm sitting i was driving into work this morning praying about this and i was i was going god what is my part what am i doing to not love to what am i what is my part in this i don't understand it because we don't understand it because we're in the middle of it and we're the problem but we're always part of the problem and it's hard to have objectivity to that and so i'm praying to god going god i want relational unity with this person and i'm leading this true face is a relational ministry and i'm messing it up with people i love closest to me and i'm like ah what and i don't even know what my part is in it because i know i'm a massive part in it because i trust them and they're telling me and i but i can't i'm not hearing it and i don't get it so then right at that moment one of my best friends called and was like hey how you doing and i started going i don't i'm not good I, i'm running through these cycles and and in that um clarity of objectivity he reframed it in a way that i was like oh i should have known that but i can't know that because objectivity so i felt um wholeness and love by being able to vent to a friend and and receive feedback uh while at the same time wholeness and blessing from god because i'd been praying for that and he gave up this like i think that as i'm praying god triggered this guy's heart to call me to talk about it um, yeah. And at the same time, divisiveness, it, it's a complex dynamic of yeah. um, how to pursue this. Environment. I think what you highlight really well, Robbie, and, and again, if we understand Shalom, Shalom was never meant to be just personal. Hmm. Shalom is meant to be relational and collective. Like when I think, of, um, like when I think about like, like he was supposed to play a part in in Shalom, like your friend calling you, that wasn't the, the whole moment may not have been Shalom, but you had a taste because you had somebody step in and to be with you who was attuned to you yeah. uh, just to help you to reframe. And what I think about, um, you know, I was, you know, I was with this church this week. One of the things we had to talk about was, man, like Shalom should never be just for you personally. Hmm. Like you are meant to live out Shalom not only personally, but as a collective community. And if someone around you in your community, like your friend, like he allowed himself to be disrupted like by you. And so he didn't go, okay, I'll, I'll, sorry, Robbie, Mm. (laughs) that's your problem. But he bore, he bore you, right? And so there was a sense that he bore his brother's burden, right? And so, Robbie's not okay, then, and essentially, like, I'm not okay. Yep. We don't have shalom here. Yep. Yep. But, but so I won't let myself just have shalom and let Robbie out to dry. Yep. But let me join Robbie. And I think that's what shalom even looks like collectively. What you thinking, man? Yeah. I mean, even that's a beautiful gift of grace from our Father because I can't oh, find it gosh. interpersonally or with Him. It's a gift from Him to to lead to that. And that's either with clarity of insight that comes from the spirit or uh, a nudge of a friend calling. And through that, all these are gifts of God answering prayers of, of showing up for the sake of unity, which he is in the business of doing, of redeeming and restoring completeness of relationship with each other and with him. What thinking about Jesus. um, I mean, he, the Trinity is the ultimate, a expression of completeness in relationship and peace and shalom, right? Did he, ex- I wonder like, so he, he, he had that continually with the father. 
Yeah. When when you're thinking about Jesus in this, what are you? What are your thoughts? Yeah. I mean, when I think about just that moment where Jesus is even being baptized by John. Yeah. And to have the Father say, "Oh, by the way, this the Son whom I am well pleased." Like, I wish I could have known what that did for Jesus. Like, yep. to have the Father affirm him. Like, yeah. That's again a sense of of, of belonging, and that sense of you know, I and the Father are one. Yep. Like so, so I think Jesus has that sense of shalom, but then of course, as we as we move throughout the Gospels, we see Jesus' agony. That's true. You know, we see his agony. We see his agony in the garden, into the point of, Father, I don't want to go through with this. Like, take the take the cup, please. <laughs> like, and and even in in Utica on on the cross, yeah. There's a Abba Father, why has thou forsaken me? So you see that it's shattered. Like he is knowing what it's like to be like there's something in the way between him and the father. Yeah. Like there's it's not the same. Yeah. There he's not beside the father, is in the, the picture of the Trinity. Like yeah. He's apart. And we see him agonizing. But there was also something where Jesus. Of course, at the end of that scene of um, Garden of Gethsemane, where he says, "Like not my will, not, but Thy will be done." So that so that led me to really believe, like Jesus has an imagination for His shalom. He knows what's to come, and in some ways, how did that the imagination that shalom is coming? How did that even buoy him up? I mean, again, not that he and Jesus he didn't ignore his agony. Yep. He was honest with the Father. Yep. He was honest with the Father on the cross. So the Father, and the Father didn't shun him. Yep. The Father, I mean, you, we don't hear the Father's response, but there's something that we see Jesus must trust that the Father can hold my agony, yep. that he can hold my grief and my sorrow, and I can be honest about it. Which again, would that not open the door for Jesus to go, oh, but, and I'm going to, oh, I'm, I can, I'm going to become sin of the world because I know that I'm going to return yep. to his side. Yep. It's coming. Yep. I'm going to, I'm going to move towards Shalom. And I think for us, Robbie, you know, I, I think we live in the here and not yet, but I, I know there's a sense of Shalom that we were all, that we are all experienced on that day, but we're created for Shalom. And I wonder like for me, just having to, and what does it mean for me to imagine Shalom today? Like to have moments of me being like you, like being able to share my story and people go, thank you for letting me hear you mm-hmm. and not shaming you mm. and, and just receiving comfort and care. So, so we can get pieces of Shalom now. Yep. Um, yeah. Isn't it, um, man, just the, 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 the difference between the agony and, and thinking how, uh, Jesus, um, got a moment of experiencing not being, um, I don't, I don't want to get into the depth of the theology of what happened on the cross and all that, but why have you forsaken me in the agony and the hurt, um, was the, the depth of that. Um, was the of what he experienced in the garden was the flip side of the beauty of what he has, he has and will always be in unity yeah. and completeness of relationship with the Father, 
And mm-hmm. so he, cause he has seen the fulfillment and the beauty of it that now he has yeah. passed on to us, which is also yes. the power of the flip side of going that, that verse where he says, you know, it's better that I leave so that the yeah. Holy spirit will come. It's like, what? Like, do I even get that? Cause I, I imagine like to be John and reclining a table with Jesus and like how rich and fulfilling and longing and Jesus <laughs> going, no, 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 that's that's not as good as what I'm going to make possible by you being in a new creation as a saint with the, the mark of the Holy spirit so that we have now access access to the peace, the shalom of God completely like, um, with, with full righteousness as saints. And he made all that possible, which is like, man, it is, I, I feel so encouraged by what you just said, because I've had a rough day. It started with that like ah brokenness of which God by his grace will redeem and I want to pray for and he gave me a little insight into that. But even more as you were talking I said, "Man, that's right, spirit. Like I have access to your peace and wholeness with you 100% of the time, 100% of the day. And I get to tr- I get to trust that truth and re- and 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 step into the ah beauty of having the spirit in me and what you made possible that all of us as Christ followers, as new creations, we get that. We get to be a part of the kingdom and experience this shalom and completeness um, now, which is wild and amazing. And we have it and I get to spend the rest of my life maturing into experiencing it more and more. And then I get new world, heaven, we get, you know, next level with it. But yeah. man, I'm encouraged yeah. and I, I'm, I'm sitting here listening, going, if all of us, we get to trust the truth of, of by his grace, making us new, new, right, whole creations, whole new saints in right relationship with God. We have his peace um, by his grace. And we get to we get to lean into that today and we get to mm-hmm. we get to yeah. in thankfulness and humility receive that, which, yeah, man, I feel well, that and I think you and I think to your point, like and there's grace when I choose to seek shalom on my own yes. way. Yep. Like like the fact that that he would be waiting for me. Yep. Are you talking um, about me and how I've screwed up this relationship that's been <laughs> dividing because I received that window. <laughs> there is grace for that. Oh man. <laughs> Wendell, um this is awesome. I love every time we get to spend time together and for your, your, your humility and your wisdom. And I, uh, I I want, I'd ask you to pray for all of us listening to this, um, that we receive Mm -hmm. this and that we, um, experience more shalom and wholeness and all, all of our relationships. So, uh, would you bless us by praying for those of us listening? I sure enough can. Um, um, Jesus, thank you. Thank you that you made a way for us to experience shalom. And Father, thank you that you long for us to experience shalom, even though it's been broken. I I pray that you would continue to deepen and increase our longing for shalom. And would you also help each one of us to be able to receive grace? Um, And when we begin to seek shalom, in ways that are unhealthy, in, in ways that won't bring us shalom. Would you help us to be buoyed by your grace 
to return to receive what we were created to receive. So Father, continue to increase our hearts um, for shalom and our longing for shalom. Thank you for that's what you desire for us. And we look forward to the day where shalom will be unending. But until that day, help us by your strength to continue to seek it. In your name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Wendell. Uh, thank you for this tribe listening to this podcast. And, and our goal is to continue to help you um, experience and apply grace into your everyday life. Uh, and we hope this conversation was a, a little blessing and support for you to be able to do that. Uh, so share it with people. Uh, help us grow the reach of this original good news uh, of, of what Jesus makes possible in relationships. And do not forget to go to trueface.org. Uh, check out Crazy Making. You can get it off Amazon, trueface.org. Uh, you can get it on Right Now Media. Coming in a couple weeks, November 16th, to hear more of Wendell's story. It is worth it just for that. Week two out of week four of the small group study. Wendell, I love you. Thanks for joining it. And uh, thanks for listening, y'all. See ya. Thanks, buddy.